Welcome to the Curvecast from Handling the Curve. I'm Ryan Hamrick. You know, when you think about designers and the various kinds of work they do, um, the number of different areas you can specialize in when it comes to design are pretty much endless, right? I mean, you look at lettering artists or type designers, and those folks' work are quite different from, say, a web designer, obviously. Um, but as different as these types of designers may be, uh, they still have a lot in common. Um, one major common thread that seems to never be too far around the corner when you're talking to designers is t-shirts. Um whether you're talking about a graphic designer who specializes in creating work for shirts specifically, or a tech company looking for a great effective way to spread the word about their business and slap their logo on some things, uh, shirts are always a part of the equation somewhere along the line. Another big theme for designers is solving problems, right? Uh, Hell, Silicon Valley is predicated on the idea that if there is a problem in the world, whether real or, uh, let's be honest, sometimes imagined, that problem can be solved or eliminated with tech and using design thinking. But with all this problem solving going on, uh, there remains one big problem that hasn't really been addressed, and it's one that's awfully close to home for designers and really just about everyone else, and that's the size and shape of t-shirts, especially for t-shirts made for women. Men come in all different sizes, of course, but for the most part, uh, we don't typically come in as many different shapes as women. Um, This makes creating shirts that work for a majority of women a lot bigger of a challenge than ones that work for men, and unfortunately, no one's really taken on that challenge. At least not on a scale that's particularly helpful for companies putting out a high quantity of shirts, and especially not if they have any interest in making those shirts in any respectable range of colors that aren't pink. It's hard for me to really think of any company today that is more thoughtful or pays more attention to the quality and detail of the t-shirt than Cotton Bureau. And these guys aren't handcrafting bespoke custom t-shirts for a small number of exclusive buyers here. They're shipping out thousands and thousands of shirts each month to customers of all shapes and sizes all around the world. Still, when it comes to the way these shirts they're printing on are cut and shaped, their need for color variety and ready availability just isn't an acceptable trade-off for the satisfaction of such a huge segment of their customers. Women who just want to not have to buy a men's shirt in order to have some kind of reasonable expectation that, while not ideal, the tee that they're paying good money for will at least look the way they expect it to. So, they're setting out to solve this problem once and for all. My guests this week are Michelle Sharp, who focuses largely on marketing for Cotton Bureau and is the front woman for Blank, the company's fairly new foray into actually making its own blank tees for the many, many shirts it moves every single day, and her husband, Jay Finelli, one of the co-founders of Cotton Bureau. Now, just to give a brief introduction, uh, for anyone who somehow doesn't know what Cotton Bureau itself is, uh, let me give just a brief background here. Cotton Bureau is a carefully curated crowdfunding-based t-shirt sales platform that makes it astoundingly easy for designers of any stripe to sell their own t-shirts on the internet. Selling your own shirts can be a massive pain in the ass and a huge upfront expense. Oh, and then you have to sell them. (laughs) And that's not even addressing the issue of what sizes you're going to stock, the cost of shipping, uh, and so on. 
Cotton Bureau takes all that hassle out of producing and selling t-shirts, so the designer can focus on what she does best, designing the damn shirts. Designs go up for two weeks at a time, and once the designer peddles enough of them to be feasible to print and cover all the production and shipping costs, uh, the design goes to the print shop, and, and then everyone starts making money. <laughs> Does that about sum it up? <laughs> that's that's pretty good. That's not bad. You want a job as good. a salesman? Yeah, person? hey, you know, I've been pitching Cotton Bureau for years, so you have. I feel like you I'm have. practiced for sure. <laughs> yeah. So you um, disclose that we're, we're personal friends. I yeah, I should. Uh, Jay and Michelle and I go go way back here. Um, we we lived in Pittsburgh for five years before moving down here to Austin three years ago. So uh, during that time, uh, we got to know each other pretty well and didn't actually live too far away at all either. And and uh, you know made some some lifelong friends up there. So I've got to got to support the crew. So mm-hmm. let's be honest, we were friends because I'm in love with your dogs. That that didn't hurt for sure. <laughs> <laughs> They uh, even visited us in in Austin here, and um, Michelle did try and steal one of my dogs, but didn't have a big enough purse. I believe was the the only mm-hmm. thing holding her back at the time. Wasn't so. the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit about you guys. Um, uh, Jay and Michelle are married. Uh, Michelle um, came on what like uh, fall of last year. Is that right? Yep. Yes. About September 2016. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. And Jay is one of the co-founders. Now, Cotton Bureau um, is kind of like the last chain in like a long series of um, Jay and Nate-centered uh, companies, right? So, like, you guys started out with uh, Full Stop in Pittsburgh, their web design shop, right? And then right. Um, started United Pixel Workers from there. Now, tell tell us a little bit about what United Pixel Workers was. Uh, the quickest explanation is it was a it was a t-shirt brand that masqueraded as a fake union for web designers and developers and kind of extended to graphic designers and illustrators from there. Um, from that point, uh, we started kind of, you know we made our own t-shirts for a while and then we started working with guest designers that made t-shirts for us and then we started just kind of making t-shirts for our friends in the industry. Um, web design agencies and apps and games and uh you know we made shirts for dribble and we made shirts for audio uh rest in peace audio <laughs> and uh you know we kind of learned that that there might be a business there so we then we started cotton bureau which we we like to call the the side project of a side project right right and then pretty quickly right that that took off to a point where um you kind of either didn't have the heart to or just didn't seem feasible to keep up client work on the side as well right yeah we were we were three people so the business is has three co-founders it's me uh nate peretic who you mentioned and then matt uh chambers and uh three of us we were full stop making websites we were united pixel workers running our own t-shirt brand and then we were cotton bureau running our own t-shirt platform and doing all three of those things kind of side by side by side wasn't uh wasn't exactly sustainable. Sure. Um, you know, we hired uh, we hired uh, Sarah Gardner, who's our for a long time was really the only person who did customer service and fulfillment here. Um, so she was kind of the she was the fourth member of the team back in late 2013, and um, you know that was really the crew for a while. And and again, maybe a couple months after that, in late in like December or so of 2013, we decided that we'd had enough of making our own websites. 
and decided to shut that down. Um, we could have kept it going indefinitely. I mean, we, we had to turn down leads the, the week that we decided to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, we launched our, our last client sites just from pro, you know projects that we'd had around uh, in February or maybe March of the next year, 2014. And then we shut down Pixel Workers pretty much almost exactly a year after we shut down Full Stop. Um, so that was December-ish, 2014. And so from the beginning of 2015 on, we've been exclusively Cotton Bureau. Has it been that long already? Wow. It has been that long. Yeah, Cotton, <laughs> I mean, seems Cotton crazy. Bureau turns... Cotton Bureau turns four in less than uh, less than a month. Wow, wow. Yeah, I remember um, right when we moved away uh, in June of 2014, you guys were turning one at the time. So, yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. that makes sense. Wow. Yep. Crazy. So, okay, so tell me a little bit about uh, about Blank. So you guys announced publicly, I, we, we were talking about it a little bit before that, but not too long before that, Um in February, I think was when you announced publicly, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and you've been talking to manufacturers and trying to do a little, a bit of the the legwork for figuring out if this was even something that would be feasible for you guys a little while before that, right? Right. I mean, I'll set it up a little bit, and I'll let Michelle yeah. kind of take it from there. But like, basically, the wholesale T-shirt market, um, the wholesale T-shirt industry, um, it, it's there aren't a, there aren't a whole lot of great options for women's sizing, and if you have any experience with shopping for graphic tees, design focused tees, tech focused tees, um, as a woman, you are no doubt like frustrated by the fact that basically like it's either you have to like be okay with buying a men's size, or your options are pretty much like tiny women's sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, because almost everything out there in the sort of fashion forward wholesale market, um, you know, shirts that come in good fabric, shirt that, shirts that come in nice colors, um, all that stuff is based on what American Apparel did 10, 15 years ago, which was basically make shirts for, uh, let's just say women on the smaller end of the scale. Right. Um, and really kind of nobody else. So still to this day, there's really a, a big gap in the marketplace where, there are no solutions for um, really kind of anybody else if you're a woman. Um, right. So we we knew we'd been frustrated as people with with t-shirt brands for years is like you know because we hear from customers day and night that like they buy a women's medium and it doesn't fit like all the other women's mediums they have. <laughs> um, you know, so that's that was kind of the impetus of the of of why we went down this path. Um, you know, Shelly, you can. Yeah. And then you know, talk about like where we've gone from here. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, it's it's been a pretty long time. I was thinking about it the other day, and it's it's longer than I thought. So, like I said, I started last September, kind of for two different purposes. Half of my job really is to focus on blank and figure out, you know, what the hell do we need to do here to manufacture our own shirts because. We have no experience doing that. Right. Um, and then the other half of my role, you know, heading up marketing and advertising things. So I started down this path of doing research, like Jay said. So a lot of talking to different, <coughs> different brands like us, bigger than us, smaller than us, the same mm-hmm. size as us, 
talking to and learning about contacts at different factories and fabric mills and, you know, really all across the country, talking to different people, trying to just get as much insight as I could about what to do, what not to do, um, the process, you know, the supply chain, just the, the whole world of, of the garment industry. Sure. And, you know, then we started working with a pattern maker. We found this really great pattern maker, Melanie, um, several months back. She's sort of served as a consultant as well as a pattern maker. So she's got a ton of experience in the industry. She's a real veteran and she's helped guide me down this path of how to go about this. And we produced samples and got to a point where we were ready to put the samples on people. And then we did another round of sampling last week. And where we're at now is is we've got a good prototype. We are in the final stages of our pattern and we're in the midst of getting these these samples produced and we're going to be doing some user testing. So that's kind of the the history of everything up until now and and where we are. So, sure. you know, in the next couple of weeks here, there will be a few hundred samples that will be getting out to to testers, you know, all around the country. So, we're really looking forward to that. It's been a Very lot of cool. a lot of hard work, a lot of conversations, but it's been a good learning experience. Sure, yeah. I know um you guys recently had a a big photo shoot right with a bunch of um uh, local models and stuff mm-hmm. of all different shapes and sizes and and everything so um i mean what were their thoughts what were some yeah. of them saying as far as <laughs> was- especially the women who you know have i'm sure all the same experiences as as the women you you talk to day in and day out that they just can't find sure i mean my wife she she buys men's shirts every time she buys one of mine from cotton bureau or yep. anybody else's um she's always done that and you know it's just I don't even know if she ever even tried one of the women's she just knew (laughs) you know it's no it's no surprise you know there there's a a very good reason we're doing all of this you know most of it stems from that customer feedback that you talked about that Jay talked Mm -hmm. about um but you know also because here at Cotton Bureau the handful of us women here here none of us wear the women's shirts so I mean Mm -hmm. if that doesn't tell you something right you know, I don't know what does, but we all wear the men's shirts. We feel more comfortable with them. And the, the fact that the women's sizing just for, for blanks in general is it's not very inclusive, you know. So mm-hmm. we were pretty excited to put that first sample on women. So that fit session that you're talking about, it was sort of like a photo shoot slash, slash fit session mm-hmm. where we had women of, you know, all different shapes and sizes try our couple of samples on and I was I was really excited to get that feedback because honestly, I was a little I was a little worried that what we had come up with so far for the women's cut, um, you know, wasn't, was still wasn't going to work, you know, it's such a hard sure. thing to do. And we were pretty happy with that feedback we got, you know, they're real women too, you know, just because we said that it was, you know, a bunch of models, it's actually, um, it's probably a mix of people who really are models and they do that for a job or a part-time mm-hmm. job. And then other people who were there were just people that were that size that we knew who were friends or, sure you know, that wanted to do modeling on the side or something like that. So they're, you know, everybody's a real person. You know, I always hate right. that, you know, real woman um, aspect of, of this when we're talking about sizing and inclusivity. But it's, it, it worked out better than better than I had hoped. And, you know, we made some tweaks. You know, nothing's perfect. It's still not going to be perfect because sure. you're trying to fit 
fit this one cut because we are starting off with just one cut, you know, mm-hmm. one style for women, one style for men. And, you know, you're not, you're not going to make everyone happy, but we felt, we felt pretty great about that first shot. So we've since then tweaked some things and uh, actually, I just got a sample, our, tri- our last tri-blend sample in today and, you know, ran over to uh, a couple of places to get these onto some of the <laughs> fit models and sort of running all over the place trying to get this fit nail down and uh, hopefully wrap it up. So cool. it was great to get that feedback for sure. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I know you got a lot of um, a background in it up to this point, but to... Um, kind of come into the first uh, real life uh, experience of it and putting it on people for the first time and having that be a success is is has <laughs> got to feel pretty good. So um, now you guys do a lot of uh, other different things like tank tops and sweatshirts and stuff too, and have for a little while now. Do you guys have any plans to look into those areas as well, or mm-hmm. just kind of tackle one thing at a time here? Yeah. So when we started looking at different factories and fabric mills, you know, there's so many options throughout the country. You know, mm-hmm. we wanted we wanted our fabric to be produced in the U.S. We wanted our products to be cut and sewn in the U.S. And in doing that research, we. We found um, one factory in Pennsylvania that is um, a family-run business, and they do really great work. And we talked back and forth with them and did samples with them and decided that they may be a good option for us for sweatshirts or for whatever the next whatever the next product is that we're going to make. Um, So maybe working with a factory in LA for our t-shirt production, because that volume is much larger Mm -hmm. and they have that specific experience, but we'd love to be able to work with this factory that I was talking about in Pennsylvania to do something like that, whether it's our tanks that come next or our sweatshirts or whatever the product is. um, We have a couple of options, but that's definitely on the roadmap. Cool. Yeah, you guys have um, always printed locally in Pittsburgh there with with Clockwise, right? So um, I know that that's been pretty huge for you guys along the way and and having them in town and being able to, you know, go go check things out and talk to them uh, a little more directly when needed and stuff, right? So Yeah, I mean, our our turnaround times are so tight that having somebody out of town is kind of it's kind of a non-starter for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just moved into a, a brand new office a, a little bit less than a month ago, and it's a mile away from from Clockwise, our, our print shop. Whereas wow. before, I mean, you know, Ryan, but I mean, we were on mm-hmm. the other side of the city um, from from our Clockwise was. I actually ran over there and came back in about fifteen or twenty minutes, right before this, right before we started recording here. Um, nice. So it's it's a lot more convenient to to run over there now, and just and having that closeness. I think is pretty key to what we do. You know, if they have questions about, you know, not to get too general here, but it's like, you Mm -hmm. know, the reason, the reason we exist is because our shirts are nice and our shirts are nice because we care and because we pay attention. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of pretty garbage places to get a t-shirt made on the internet and most truth because nobody's really paying any attention. Um, so I think we, we differentiate ourselves by, Paying attention to the details and making sure the print quality is up, and you know that that the colors are right, and you know a lot of times we'll we'll scrap an entire print run just because like the blue's a little wrong or mm-hmm. you know, the, whatever, um, you know. And that's I think that attention to accuracy and to like what the designer intended is pretty important to us. And that's you know I think we're you know to to whatever extent possible, 
we're going to carry that over into blank. Um, you know, and if it means we got to jump on a plane to LA a couple times a year, or, you know, even a couple times a quarter, you know, I can think of worse places to go. Yeah. Major bummer. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, um, it's been interesting for me, Ryan, you know, I come from a, a larger company, a very mm-hmm. large company most recently. And, and to be able to, to all be in the same office here and have our warehouse right around the corner, like literally right outside this door, by the way. Um, and you know, if there is a problem with a shirt, you know, all, almost all of us see it. You know, we, we talk about it, you know, we try to resolve that right away with clockwise, like Jay said, they're, they're right down the street. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really nice. Um, I think it, it, it means a lot to all of us to have that convenience and to be able to, to be able to act quickly on things like that. Right. Right. You know, if our shirts, you know, if we, if we, if we went down like the overseas route with blank and had our shirts made in China or Nicaragua or, you know, something, it's, it'd be a lot more difficult to go see where they're made. Right. And, you know, talk to the people who are making them. Um, you know, like, like Michelle said, we were, we were thinking about whether it was possible to make them in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, so they'd be a, a five hour car ride away, you know, but yeah, at the very least they're a five hour plane trip away. Yeah. Yeah. Still very doable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we're also talking about, um, and I actually have, two conversations, two phone calls this week with um, a few people that we've been referred to and that we almost worked with to sort of be on the ground for us there. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, there's a production run and, you know, I, I might go out there, like I said, I might go out there a couple times a quarter to check on things, but somebody who can essentially be a, a production manager for us for each production run can... Mm-hmm can really set our minds at ease and ensure that, you know, everything's getting done on time and that, you know, quality control is happening. So that's something that we have in the works too. Cool. Yeah. I know, um, I know you guys have mentioned several times in the various communications on this, this project that, you know, you're doing everything you can to, to keep these being made in the U S and I, that's always kind of a big, um, value for a lot of people, but, you know, it seems like an even, a bigger deal today in the the political landscape that we have and everything now um what's what can you tell me about like what all is involved with keeping things keeping production of something like this in the u.s as opposed to um having it done overseas aside from like the convenience aspect of it and the the ease of of quality control and stuff mm-hmm. i mean like what are the cost differences for you know doing something like this like how much more are you having to invest in this than you would have to otherwise yeah so you know obviously time will tell because we'll start with our first production run we'll see how that whole process goes again because we we've never done this before right mm-hmm. so we kind of have to go through the motions but you know we're putting the we're putting the steps in place to make sure that the output's going to be the best it can be but we'll see how it goes but you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, most people we've talked to warned us against was, okay, if you do it, if you do it domestically, it's going to cost you a lot more and it might not be the quality that you think it would be because it is made in the U.S. Mm. Um, I didn't really believe that. So, you know, we sort of kept going and said, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, well, we're still going to make them in the U.S. So, so there. Um, but, 
we we knew the realities of of working with people overseas and that lead time like jay said you know because of our two-week campaigns and needing to know exactly how many shirts we have to produce and essentially having those already made and Mm -hmm. being able to hand them over to clockwise to print like pretty quickly means that we could not deal with the lead times and you never know what's going to happen with freight you know things could get delayed and it could be weeks it could be months you know whole shipping container could be lost i don't know i don't even know what else could happen (laughs) um but you know pirates could come on board oh yeah it's always a (laughs) fear hijack our t-shirts um so you know there's that and there are also the tariffs that come along with Mm. freight so looking at that you know financially we thought okay well we're willing to take uh, a little bit of a hit with the price per garment if we can make it in the u.s and keep that controlled and really only worry about um shipping you know across the country which um the big scheme of things you know the costs for that are not that high and and the partner that we're working with at least right now for the samples and for the the first production run and we'll see how that relationship goes but we were able to work through a pricing structure with them that to be honest with you still aligns with where we need to be to to make profit um and have this be successful for us so that's why we landed where we did. That's yeah, I think um, just to follow up on that, like there are, you can't just make anything anywhere anywhere in the United States. Um, you know, mm. there are pockets of industries that have either endured throughout the decades or have sort of like died out in large part, but are still around in in, in some aspect um, that you can take advantage of. You know, t-shirts. That's one of those things that you can still make in the United States. You can still make very nice ones for a pretty affordable price. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're trying to make furniture, you know, you can make it in North Carolina. You can't make it in, you know, Nebraska, but you can make it in North Carolina um, mm-hmm. because there, there's a culture of that there. Um, you know, we've we've been talked. We're going down the the apparel path. You know, let's say we're trying to make like technical jackets. You know, like. If you're trying to make like North Face jackets, you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to make those in L.A. You're, you're going to have to go overseas for those. But, um, you know, T-shirts, like, is a, they're a pretty simple thing. And there is a culture of that, um, especially in Southern California, where the infrastructure exists in mm-hmm. huge numbers to make, to be quite honest, many, many, many more T-shirts than we're making. Um, you know, so I think that's that's something that we can take advantage of, you know, if we go down the path of other things, you know, other, other kinds of goods. And we learn that, yeah, you know what, making, making this particular product isn't, isn't all that cost effective in the U S or the culture of it just doesn't exist. Like the know-how mm-hmm. doesn't exist. Then yeah, we can talk about where we go from there. But, um, just because of the fact that, you know, we sell so many t-shirts, there's, there's a pretty big garment industry in LA and, uh, you know, we're able to make that happen. Nice. Now, uh, you mentioned in the last update on Blank that um, this isn't necessarily something that you're going to keep to yourself either. So, like, um, is the plan to make this something that you sell directly or that you source um, to to other companies like yourselves? Um, so, I think you mentioned you're going to be selling them as blanks too. I'm, I'm right. a big fan of a blank shirt myself. Um, so, this will be something that somebody can buy too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the plan, um, in as much as there's ever a plan for anything, (laughs) um, the plan was to 
use them ourselves. I mean, it's kind of, it was kind of like a scratch your own itch thing for mm-hmm. us. That's why we went down this path uh, to begin with. Um, so we, you know, we wanted to use them for our own t-shirts. We're not going right. to be replacing our entire product line on day one, if ever, to be honest. But sure. um, you know, it was something that we wanted to introduce as a made in the USA option, as a better fitting uh, uh, example for women, um, option for women. Um, but we also knew that, yeah, like if you like this shirt, like we get people all the time who want to block, who want to buy blank t-shirts from us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just using like next level wholesale blanks. Um, so I think if we go down the path of we're making our own t-shirts for men, we're making our own t-shirts for women, people like how they fit. That's obviously, that's a huge opportunity for us to, to sell them uh, blank as well. As far as the wholesale thing goes, um, that's something that we've kind of stumbled upon. It wasn't necessarily part of the discussion from the outset, um, but we've heard from a number of people, either brands or screen printers or conferences or yeah, other other companies that, you know, we're, they think we're nuts if we don't offer some sort of bulk mm-hmm. wholesale option up front. Um, going down that path, I've said, I feel like I've said going down that path like 900 times. You've said it a few times. <laughs> I've said it a few times. Yeah. I'm going to stop saying that. We'll cut all this um, out. If we... There's a lot. There, there's sort of there's sort of a Darby Thar- Dragons uh, mm-hmm. situation. I mean, there's we there's, have a lot to figure out. We have a lot to figure out. I mean, that the supply chain, managing the supply chain of making your own T-shirts, increases the complexity of making your own graphic T-shirts probably like by two or threefold because now mm-hmm. you know your your lead times are so much longer and so much more complicated. There's so many steps in the process. You know, you need to source all the thread that goes into. The fabric itself, you need to dye the fabric, you need to cut the fabric, you need to sew the fabric, you need to ship the you know the t-shirt, the final t-shirts, and then you need to get them screen printed. Um, mm-hmm. So, if we're starting to talk about wholesale um, and having customers who are willing to buy dozens or hundreds or thousands of tees, that really affects. It affects a lot of things. It affects cash flow. It affects how big our warehouse needs to be. Um, it really trickles down to, to a, a number of other parts of the business that we maybe from the jump, like weren't exactly prepared to handle. Right. So I think we're going to dip our toe in that water um, with the Kickstarter and probably like at first, um, I don't know that there's going to be like a wholesale program from day one. Sure. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah. There, there are enough people who, have expressed interest to the point where I think they would be open to a, a, a test run, you know? Oh, already. Yeah. I mean, as, as part of the Kickstarter, you know, maybe mm-hmm. that's, maybe that's an offering and it's, you know, up to a certain number or a certain number of shirts or more will offer this wholesale pricing just to see, because, you know, you have to think about people who would be interested in that have probably already planned their inventory, you know, sure. Like for the holidays or something like that. So it may be like a supplemental thing that, you know, they're just really interested in trying it because the sizing is better for women and they, you know, like us want to throw that out there for their, for their holidays um, to, to make that an offering and, and see if people are interested and they take to it. So sure. That that's probably going to happen. Wow. Speaking of planning for inventory and and all that, I mean, you guys have grown so incredibly much just um, this year over (laughs) last year. I mean, um, you mentioned in the last update, I think you already shipped almost 100,000 shirts, which was more than all of last year. Yep. Um, And, you know, a lot of that, frankly, is, is due to 
the way that Cotton Beer has been used, right? So, like in in January, obviously we uh, we got ourselves a new president, mm-hmm. and big portion of the country um, feels a certain way about that. Yeah, people hate <laughs> and, Donald um, Trump. Yeah, they and, sure uh, do. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, I, what it really boils down to for us is like people hate Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, we we also hate Donald Trump, um, you know, and people like to make T-shirts about how much they hate Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, you know, what's what's interesting about us being the vehicle for this is, I and, mean, you know, Ryan, you know us, but it's like we the, the founders of Cotton Bureau are not all like on the same page culturally, politically, mm-hmm. you know, kind of worldview. Um, you know, I, I am more of a more of a liberal and, you know, Nate, my co-founder is is you know deeply religious more conservative um mm-hmm. you know and and always has been and that's 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 been an interesting po- point of contention for for the two of us throughout mm-hmm. this entire company and it's you know it's led to some some pretty some pretty in, pretty interesting debates but we one thing that's interesting about this is like you know we are <laughs> absolutely united mm-hmm. in how much we hate Donald Trump and uh you know it's it's been an interesting um it's been an interesting couple of months for us as, right. a, as a business because, yeah, I mean, so much has happened really since the beginning, since I would say maybe like mid last summer for us. Mm-hmm. Um, from that point, the business has really changed. Um, you know, we had a very big holiday period and then, yeah, it's, you know, the election happened and coming into this year, um, uh, we not only have we sold more t-shirts than all of last year, we've sold like way more t-shirts than all of last year. <laughs> right. Um, and like the first quarter of this year was bigger than all of 2016. And like, we had a pretty good year last year. Um, you know, so, and it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't really have any signs of slowing down all that much, to be honest. I mean, we thought we would, we would have a big burst. Mm-hmm. And then we would go back to, you know, some kind of level that, you know, was maybe kind of like last year's monthly average plus maybe five or 10 percent or so. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're running at about 2x, maybe last year's volume on, on wow. average in a, in, a, in a given month. So, I mean, last year we were six people full time, seven people yeah. full time, something like that. I mean, at, the, at this moment, we're 10 plus about another four or five, six people part time. Yeah. Um, and the part time people aren't just, I mean, they're they're here every day. Um, it's like at any, at any point there are, you know, there are like 13 people in the building. Whereas, you know, last year there were half as many, maybe even fewer than that. Um, you know, so we moved into, you know, from a, a, an office that was basically one big room that was a little bit smaller than 800 square feet. It was a second floor walk up, you know, so we had to carry boxes up and you know, shirts up and downstairs every day to now mm-hmm. we have almost 5,000 square feet. It's custom build out. We have offices, full kitchen, big garage doors. We got a neon sign outside. Which is pretty I saw sweet. that. Jay's um, already done some cooking for us. Yep. It's really been nice. Good. Potato mm-hmm. salad. Uh, I haven't made the potato salad yet, but That's you know, cookout season's coming. That's right. Memorial Day's right around the corner. We're going to be there during the summer, so I'm going to expect. That's right. Yeah. Uh, no, we'll uh, we'll taste. have you in. We got to talk about that. As a yes, we do. Put that on the team calendar, Ryan. Yeah. So Sweet. It's official. Yeah. Um. You know, announced in the inaugural introductory episode of this podcast that um. You know, we're doing our big world tour. Well, not world tour. Nationwide tour this summer. Um. Doing workshops and stuff and. Uh, 
Cotton Bureau's big fancy new office may just be the the location of the Pittsburgh workshop. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, they've got enough room enough room for us, I think, and uh, yep. couldn't think of a better place to do it. So, yeah, that so would anyway, be exciting. Yeah, I mean, things have, yeah. things for us have been. I mean, we're we're a totally different company right now than we sure. were, you know, six nine months ago. Um, and most of that is due to the fact that the total the political landscape in the, in America has totally changed. And yeah. You know, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I've used this phrase a couple of times. I mean, it's it's a bit of a moral quandary for us to un, to know that things wouldn't be going as well for us as they have been mm-hmm. if not for what's happened politically in the country. Right. And you know, we we we've tried to we've tried to give back in certain ways. Obviously, people are using us as a vehicle for resistance and a vehicle for voicing their displeasure and a vehicle for raising money and in some cases a ton of money right for great causes um and great charities um so it's 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 definitely this year has been a double-edged sword for for a lot of reasons and right. b- both edges of the sh- of the sword are very sharp yeah <laughs> yeah i know you said um i think it was uh, whenever it was the the smoky the bear shirt the resist shirt mm-hmm. um, you can't call it smoky went, bear ryan oh, oh i'm sorry get us in trouble we'll you cut that out <clears throat> Murky. Yeah. The the rain the bear ranger right. guy. Right. Um yeah, we're, that we're, one we're gonna get another letter. <laughs> Just edit that. We'll cut to no, cut no, this no, out. No, yeah. No. Um so I mean, yeah, but you guys have had several several different shirts. Um I've posted a few too, even that um, you know, it seemed like there for a while, especially earlier this year. Um, you couldn't hardly look at a shirt on the site that wasn't um, donating all designer proceeds somewhere. So mm-hmm. um, people were coming out in full force and, you know, coming up with completely new designs, you know, and just donating everything. And they, I mean, what, obviously you guys have to cover costs stuff and all that, but, um, you know, how does it feel to, to be um, a vehicle for, so many people who have really woken up in the last uh, six months or whatever to really step up and, and make a change and make a difference. Um, it feel I mean, it feels good. Um, mm-hmm. it feel it's, it's mostly, I mean, I could take this answer in a couple different directions, but, um, it's nice to have put ourselves in this position to know that like when people think, where do I go to do this really meaningful thing? Mm-hmm. They come to us first. Um, that that part means a lot. Um, we've always known that like people would use Cotton Bureau for charitable purposes or for cause based purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of our biggest selling shirts of all time have been for certain causes, for cancer research or for this or for that. Um, you know, so to have so many people at once, and it was really kind of this like, snowball effect where like you know people saw other designers using it for that cause. And then they mm-hmm. decided to come to us, um, you know, because they, they kind of saw other people in the design industry or just in their normal lives using it for the, for those causes. Um, I mean, just to give you an idea of some of this volume, I mean, the, 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 the best selling single campaign ever in cotton bureau history was a podcast shirt that in a, in a two week span sold like 25, 2600 shirts. Something yeah. like that. And, um, there was another one that was that was pretty close behind that in terms of two week numbers. Um, we had a shirt on the site during this whole extravaganza that sold just over fourteen thousand in two weeks. 
Wow. At the same time that another shirt sold 9,000, at the same time that another shirt sold 4,000, and then a handful of other shirts sold 2,500 each. Um, so, like, it was mayhem around And you here. had, like, six people at the time, right? Like, yeah, working I mean, was, and yeah, fulfilling we were, all the orders. and Right. I mean, we were, we were coming out of the holidays. It was, you know, January, February, which is usually, like, a low to average time for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, Michelle was working on getting blank going and we were all working on doing stuff with the office you know because we're going to be moving into this new office in a few months and then we just got like hit by this tsunami of political discontent and you know in a normal month last year we would have sold you know let's say on the low end maybe 4,500 shirts on the high end about Mm 6,000 or 7,000 shirts in a a month um we sold like 30 or 40,000 shirts that's insane and it's yeah I mean there's you know you know, you tell people that and they're like, wow, that's, that's a good problem to have. And it's like, well, <laughs> we had to, there was a stretch where we had to hire, I think it was exactly 10 people part time in a matter of like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all hands on deck. Was, I mean, yeah. it was all of we were us, all, packing. Yeah. all our significant others, any friends that we could pull in nights, weekends, the whole thing for like weeks on end. Where mm-hmm. just thousands of shirts would, you know, a thousand to two thousand shirts would like come out of the print shop every day, and we had to get rid of them because yeah. there's another thousand coming tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, my wife Brooke runs a boutique out of our house now full time, and um, I mean, she's she's doing pretty well for herself with that. And I know how hard it is to just ship like fifty things out mm-hmm. <laughs> after a weekend of good sales, like. And, you know, it's it's just hard to fathom how, you know, anything less than a full 50-person force could, uh, you know, could even handle that. So hats yeah. off to you guys. That's nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's – and look, I mean, you know, we, we remember what it was like, you know. Uh, t- tomorrow would actually have been the seventh birthday of United Pixel Workers. And wow. I have we, that in my calendar. Nice. <laughs> we, um, we remember what it's like to, like, manually ship – 25 packages a month like to yeah. just like sit down at our dining room table and like write everybody's address on the bags and <laughs> fill out customs forms by hand and put the t-shirts in the bags and bring them to the post office and all that stuff like we, we it, it seems like it was a year ago it seems like it was six months ago yeah and you know now we're like we haven't had a month this year where we've sold fewer than 10,000 t-shirts wow. um you know and like i said we've had some where we've sold 30 or 40,000 and you said last year the average was like 4,500 or something like that, right? Yeah, I think at the end yeah. of the, I think all in last year, we were like somewhere around like 65, 70,000 Ts. Okay. Wow. And we we're coming up on 100,000. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I, I can't tell you guys how proud I am of, of everything that you're doing and to call you guys friends. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I'm a guy, of course, and I've had, haven't had a ton of problems with, with the shirts that you guys have had and with you're a you tall know, guy shirts that are, I am. And so that's tough. Like I can't dry a damn thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I jokingly call the dryer a thing that short people use to, to dry clothes. I was going to say, um, I can't, I can't dry them enough. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Yeah. You keep, keep drying them and drying them, run them a few, a few times. I, so I mean, I have my own problems, but I mean, they're, they're definitely workable, but you know, I know, you know, firsthand that, you know the women in my life have have trouble buying these things and always have and and it's awesome that you guys are tackling as massive a problem as this while also just 
exponentially growing the business and and doing so many cool things so uh i'm really really excited about seeing where where you guys take this and and how it all goes so thank you guys for for joining me on this uh, basically an initial first real episode of the show and (laughs) i hope i'll have you back on uh you know before too long with with some more updates on blank and and everything else you got going on anytime dude yeah thanks for having us on and look man i mean you know you've been there since not only the beginning, like before the beginning, um, you know, so you, you've always supported us and, uh, we always appreciate that. Well, count on it continuing, man. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. I want to thank my guests, Jay and Michelle for joining me today for our, the curve cast. I'm really excited to see where they go with blank and all the other amazing things cotton bureau is always up to. Um, if you weren't familiar with cotton bureau before today and are at all interested in the absolute best design t-shirts you're going to find on the internet, or if you're a designer yourself and have either unsuccessfully tried to sell shirts in the past or just haven't because of how utterly difficult it can be to go alone, I strongly urge you to check them out at cottonbureau.com where you literally just submit a design and once it's approved, your only responsibility is to share it mercilessly with everyone. (laughs) There's no fee to submit. There's no upfront cost whatsoever. You just sell pre-orders for two weeks and then collect the profits that you set over their costs. If it doesn't sell enough to go to print, then nothing happens. No one is charged or anything. And honestly, you're free to submit the same design again if you really want to give it another try um, or you can submit your next idea. It's truly a risk-free platform, and it couldn't be run by a better crew of people than my friends up there in Pittsburgh. Uh, They really care about good design, uh, the designers who make it, and high-quality t-shirts. You can follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Cotton Bureau, all one word, and stay up on the latest and greatest shirts they have on the site right in your feeds each day. That's it for this week's episode of The Curvecast. Uh, This entire show, theme music and all, is recorded, produced, and edited by me here in my home studio in Austin, Texas. So if you enjoy it, uh, it would mean the world if you would subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and on social media as well. You can reach me at Curvecast at RyanHamrick.com if you or someone you know has an amazing project they're working on and would be a great guest for the show. Or if you're interested in sponsoring future episodes of the Curvecast, hit me up. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at just Hamrick, H-A-M-R-I-C-K. And you can follow Handling the Curve on Instagram at Handling the Curve or on Twitter at Handling Curves. I'm Ryan Hamrick, and this has been the Curvecast from Handling the Curve. Join me next week for more design discussion and other fun stuff. See you then.